0: Welcome to Comms for Good, your destination for all things social impact communications. Whether you're a comms professional, an avid charity supporter or just curious, this is the podcast for you. My name is Kenza and my mission is to enable access to the world of third sector comms and to explore how we can keep up with the online age while staying true to purpose. Enjoy the episode! It's no secret that young people hold immense potential to create change in the world, but this often translates as equally immense pressure to act. With an increasing number of young people rising to the challenge of responding to issues ranging from climate change to gender equality, it's important to also recognise the unique benefits as well as difficulties that come with youth work in the social impact sector. So to explore this, I've invited Zulu Uwolo onto the show. Zuli is the founder of Curari, an online publication and community that highlights the work that youth are doing in their communities in order to make impact. She also works at the Ford Ford Foundation on their programs and is a published children's author. Zuli, welcome to Comms for Good. Hi thank
1: you for having me and that's such a great introduction like I forgot that I wrote a book
0: <laughs> once. <laughs> thank like, you we all so forget much. forget these things sometimes. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, so yeah, yeah absolutely it's a pleasure. Um, so I like to start every episode of Comms for Good by asking what is the best thing that has happened to you recently?
1: Oh my gosh okay wow that's it that's a good question uh, Hmm. <laughs> okay i've had a very stressful week like more hurried than ever before but i think i I guess i could say this i mean i don't i guess in nigeria it's, i don't know people are very particular about certain things like visas and stuff like that but i got I'm, i applied for a conference last year to go to um to america in april and i got my visa last week yeah so I think I guess yeah. that's a good thing. It's very difficult to get like visas yeah. in Nigeria to yeah. other countries so that was a very stressful time because I've been preparing for the conference for a while. So mm. I definitely say that that's
0: one good thing that has happened. i really the- glad, really glad to hear that. It sounds like it's been a stressful time, but I'm glad things are looking yeah, yeah. up again. <laughs> that's great. Um, so, I mean, as I've touched on the introduction, you know, as the founder of a community which amplifies youth voices and their journeys, you are incredibly well placed to shine a light on the advantages of young people getting a seat at the table um, at social impact tables. So talk to you about Karari and your impact vision.
1: Oh, thank you for that question. So uh, Kureari, if most people don't know, is, it means change in my language, which is Isoko. Check it out if you, if you don't know what Isoko is. It's a Nigerian language. And it was really born out of something that I, ha- that I did when I was 16. So when I was 16, I created um, a social impact project or an advocacy group teens for change and it was a bit a little bit after the ebola pandemic and i was just curious about like if people really knew like how to stay safe you know it it had sort of been moved out of nigeria a bit Um, nigeria was sort of ebola free but there were still cautions and signs on different schools and businesses and institutions just telling people and reminding people to stay safe to clean their hands wash their hands Clean their environments and stuff like that so i just always wondered if people actually were reading these things and if people that did read them could even afford hand sanitizers and soap to keep themselves clean and that's what really led me to create teens for change at the time i um, mean it was the year i turned 16 and we were able to write to gsk the creators of Dettol soap and sanitizer, and we got over a thousand donations of soap and sanitizer from them and we're able to donate that to different communities, but also educate students specifically in schools on how they can stay safe and stay clean. And yeah, that, I think that's when I got into the whole international development and social impact space. And I didn't even realize I was doing that. But as I got into school, university, I found that it was incredibly difficult to keep up with the work because I really didn't know what I was doing, like... As I said, I just thought, oh, okay, this is something that I could do to help my community. But I didn't know how to scale it, or not necessarily scale, but how to spread the word or how to create more change. So when I was in university, I didn't really do anything in the social impact space. I still volunteered, I was part of my friend's executive board for his NGO i i did i got into model united nations which also introduced me to international development global issues but again i wasn't doing anything so once i was done with university and law school and i started my NYSC, which is like a compulsory year of work in nigeria um i started thinking of like what i went through of not knowing like any other young people who were in the same space as me not having anybody to sort of speak to about these issues and t- Talk about my challenges, like what I was going through as a young change maker. And so um, I created Kuraria, um, which at first was a bit different because I did um, a global change makers mentorship program. And through there, I had an amazing mentor and I learned more about the social impact world and how to create a social impact project. So that kind of gave me an idea of what I wanted to do. But it was after months of thinking and mulling over the idea that Careeria really came to be, and it, it involved, evolved rather into a podcast where we speak to young people to share not only their successes, their challenges, um, any tips they have for other young people who want to go into the field, but also to share their work too, because. There are different spaces for youth to come together and speak, but I think it's also important that young people can share, like, the work and the achievements that they've made in their line of work and all of that. So that's really where Curaria stems from or stemmed from. Um, and oh, we also have a website. I don't know. I hope I'm answering your question because sometimes I know I could go on a tangent at times. Curaria <laughs> also has, like, a website where we break down global issues and we write prompts read more prompts and do more prompts for young people and anyone really but our focus is really on young people show them like how they can take actionable steps to solve an issue so as a young change maker myself or when i was a young change maker i i was able to find that okay this is this is a struggle i had with continuing my initial project and I wanted other young people to, well, not go through the same things I went through, to find like a safe space and community to build on their social impact ideas and to change their communities, their countries, the world. And yeah, that's really where Career came from. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting journey, actually. And I think you've touched on something really relatable for people working in social impact. I and mean, I know for myself as well, you do sometimes just kind of fall into the space, don't you? It's not necessarily kind of yeah. an intentional thing it just, it just happens and you are responding to something that was affecting your life and the life of those around you as well and I think the fact that it's grown now and as you said you've managed to scale this up I think that taking that step from just that initial seed and then it growing into this is, is really inspiring and yeah lo- really lovely yeah. to hear um so you, you mentioned Karari means uh change in the Isako language of Nigeria so what yeah. does change mean to you and has that definition evolved for you over time? Oh my gosh
1: that's that's it's so weird because that's like a question we always ask our guests guests on on the podcast so So now that like i'm being asked the question okay and they always say each guest has always said that that's a difficult question and i'm always like is it though and now i see that it's actually pretty difficult because what does change mean (laughs) to me well (laughs) hmm, let me think okay i think i'm going to steal a bit of what each person has said but this is also on the career website and um, we believe that like everybody can make change, no matter how small. And so I think change is the small steps that you take to solve an issue. So it could be you speaking to um, someone who has made maybe a sexist comment and saying, that okay, mate, that that's not right. Don't say that. Or it's you recycling or you picking up trash or dirt on the road and throwing it away properly. So it doesn't have to be this huge um project where you gather like a hundred people from different countries and march to maybe um parliament to oppose a bill which and that's amazing like kudos to anyone who has taken those steps but it, it can be you speaking up for someone or you as i said taking small actions or small steps to correct a wrong or to solve an issue so yeah, I think that's what change means to me. Just the, the little things that you do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm, mm, great answer. I think that's so relevant today as well. I mean, I, I've spoken about this quite a lot recently, but just how overwhelming it can feel, especially as a young person, to think about this kind of scale of issues that are facing us. And knowing that we're kind of the generation that has to pick those issues up in the future, I think yeah. that it can be extremely yes. overwhelming. Yeah, I'm, as I'm sure you know. So yeah, it's really lovely to hear definitions, which do you recognize that, impact starts small and I think that's a really great place to start when you're kind of making your way in in the sector. Um, I wonder just building on that do you see a difference between change and impact or do you think they're quite similar things? Hmm. Well
1: to be honest I like in my line of work I interchange them a lot so (laughs) there there isn't like a difference to me I guess it depends on the context but in the context that I speak from or that I'm aware of or that I use a lot, change and impact are sort of the same. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't say they're different. Someone else might have well, a
0: different opinion, but for me, no. Of yeah. course, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so as you've proven in your incredible work, um, the value of young people leading social impact work is remarkable. Um, but as a young person myself, also working to make an impact, I can say that imposter syndrome is something that can strike once you enter powerful rooms and speak to established change makers. Um, is this something that you've experienced? And if so, how do you approach it?
1: Most definitely. um, I experienced it when I was 16 and I was starting out. And I experienced it after um our second project that Teens for Change did where we created like a mobile library for young girls in makoko which is a community in lagos states and um, we got donations of books but even after that i found myself thinking okay like those <laughs> people people hyped it up a lot and i kept putting it down and pushing it down thinking it's not it's not a big deal but it was i mean we worked hard we we spoke to so many people we wrote to companies wrote to individuals to donate books so I feel like even just last week, <laughs> I experienced imposter syndrome. So it's definitely something that, like, wears its ugly head, especially when you're doing well. Like, my mom always says that that if you're not getting, like, critique or if people are not saying... If that voice in your head is not saying that, okay, well, are you sure, like, you're doing the right thing or are you sure you deserve to be here, then that means, like, <laughs> you're not doing something right. So I that that thing i always like try to keep in mind that okay if if i'm hearing that tiny voice in my head trying to put down like my effort and the work that i've done then i might be on the right path but it's 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 definitely something that's i know a lot of my friends have struggled with and even the the young chain makers i've spoken to also complain about it like last month i did an interview with an amazing climate activist in nigeria he's his story is so cool and I hope that you get to listen to it and he's achieved so much and he he told me the story of how he applied for a conference in Russia and like recently and how he just kept writing he didn't think that they'd send a reply and they ended up sending a reply and they paid for his ticket his accommodation they they bought like a film crew to record he ended up being a keynote speaker (laughs) so like it was a big deal he has achieved so much but after every sentence like when I was speaking to him he would still say like he doesn't see like he doesn't feel like he has done much so it's it's amazing to see that someone who has achieved so much who has made so many strides made so much change and impact can still struggle with that and I think that it's something that takes time. I don't know if you can ever not have, like, imposter syndrome. Like, it's something that takes time. But I think you definitely need to build, like, mechanisms and things that you can do to sort of stop that voice from pulling you back or stopping you from pushing forward. And one thing I definitely try to do when I met with those, like, voices or those those, um, critiques is just to think back on what i've achieved and you know it it's it's very fulfilling sometimes when you sit back and say okay this this voice is telling me i don't deserve to be here but i do i mean i've done this i've done that i mean other people might take a different route to get to where you are but you've gotten there, you've gotten a seat at the table. And the, f- the simple fact that you've gotten a seat at the table is enough to tell you that you deserve to be where you are. Mm. And mm. yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a constant thing. You have to learn just how to push the the, the dark thoughts away. Um, the thoughts of even just individuals doesn't usually... It's not always like someone, like a voice in your head saying, oh, you don't deserve to be here. It could be someone like face-to-face telling you that... Um, why are you here, like, what have you done to to get to this point, but, yeah, I think it's a gradual thing, and you learn yeah. every day, like, a new way of, like, fighting those thoughts, yeah.
0: Absolutely, that's such a great way of putting it, and I think it, it is really important to reflect on, it's so astonishing sometimes when you look, like you said, about people you've spoken to, who you see as being kind of the gold standard, who have achieved so much, yeah. and they themselves are still struggling with that internally, and I think that, there's such a growing culture of perfectionism as well that we I think we as a generation and I'm sure everyone else as well but particularly with the rise of social media and everything like that I do think it means that we hold ourselves to standards which are impossible to achieve sometimes and I think to go back to your definition of change as well like let's let's start small sometimes and I think like you said any kind of fraction of change that you're able to make or any kind of even if it's half a seat at a table that you've managed to get, then that's still, it's still a massive thing to to be proud of. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) You're still, you're still there. You're still making an impact. And I think I like what you said as well about reflecting on, everything you've achieved when you are having those dark moments and kind of starting to create that mechanism in your mind to sort of trigger you to think back at what you have achieved. Mm. I've started trying to keep a little folder on my phone where I screenshot any nice things people have said about my work and things yes. like that, which is really great. Yes. Yeah, do that. Have um, an album yeah. in
1: your, like, iPhone, yeah. like, just so you could exactly. go back. could call it, like, your reflection album or something. Yeah, And, like, I, I know I didn't mention this earlier, but I think another really important thing, I don't have many friends, <laughs> but... The quality of friends you have, and the my friend calls it a village of people. The village mm. of people that you have around you is so important like you oh, it's it's fine gay. if you cut off people, and I know that this might be controversial, but if they're not like mm. adding anything to you or mm. or like basically sucking the energy from <laughs> from like the work you're doing or from who you are, please feel free to just like you don't have to like ghost them or be nasty mm. you could just say, mm. okay, right now I don't think." that our, our um, visions align and that, that's fine. Like never keep people around you who who make you feel mm. worse. Like you mm. should always have people who are definitely honest, but who also
0: work to uplift you and remind you yeah. of the baddest person that you are. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's so funny. I've been having so many conversations about that with my own friends recently. I'm also somebody who, yeah. I think I'd say I keep a little a small village of friends. I I press have, you know, quality of friendship over quantity. And we've been speaking so much about protecting our peace recently and not letting people into our lives who are going to try and bring us down or just not contribute anything positive. And I think, like you said, it feels harsh to say that sometimes, but it's the best thing you can do for yourself and your work. So yeah, really great to speak about that with you. Um, And I also kind of wanted to sort of segue slightly more into the communications aspect of the work that you do. Um, Something which I have lots of conversations about on probably an almost daily basis now is the Regular dismissal and underappreciation of communications, particularly when it comes to social media. Um, and at times I felt that my skill set is taken for granted purely because I am a young person. There's this assumption that every person under the age of say twenty-five is automatically mm-hmm. equipped to run social media accounts and campaigns and it's often a task that's just given to the young person, the intern, yeah. And that's you know, genius. in reality, you know, <laughs> my digital skills are a direct result of intensive research, strategic planning mm-hmm. and real experience. Um I wonder if, if you feel that your position in the world as a youth voice and change maker has ever held you back or minimised your talents?
1: almost definitely you know i i i worked with an ngo for a while love them shout out to them i don't think i'll say their name because what i'm about to say (laughs) i worked with an ngo for some time and immediately i started working there i was immediately given like social media duty and i know that before i started working there i was asked like okay what do you think we could improve um i looked at their website i looked at their social media and i saw that okay well social media doesn't look great and i this is coming from someone who consumes i'm not proud to say but i consume a lot of social media (laughs) (laughs) so i was immediately put just in charge of all the social media pages facebook instagram linkedin whatever whatever and at first like it was a bit daunting because i'd never i think the the last time i was like i really handled like a social media page was when i was in university um and I was the public relations officer of um the Muting Society in my faculty. And I didn't really even do that much social media then. Most of the communications was on like WhatsApp, just like reminding members of stuff, writing captions, stuff like that. Never really like deep work that social media um um what's it called? <laughs> People in charge of social media, I don't remember the word now. People in charge of social media do right now. So being thrown into that like position just because maybe i had like a useful eye i guess it was it was a bit daunting because again i had never really been in that position but i learned i'm grateful for that i'm also a bit like triggered by it but i'm also grateful for that because i learned so much about media and communications and the different aspects of it i wrote newsletters I handled Instagram, Facebook. Like right now I know certain certain um settings on Facebook that I might not use in the future but like yeah. like I know <laughs> I know that information. Mm-hmm. And as you said, you the the skills that you the digital skills that you've built, you had to do a lot of research into and that's that's the same thing for me when I was in that position. I had to do a lot of research, read a, a lot about how to send out newsletters, the best newsletter websites how to um as silly as it sounds how to post an ad on on instagram like stuff like that how to get rich how to write captions hashtags and when people like dull down that the role of like a social media manager it really upsets me because there's so much work that goes into it and for you to think that oh it's just something you could do in your free time it's not (laughs) like building a following is hard doing graphics is hard posting at a particular time is hard especially if you're doing other stuff beyond like the instagram and twitter and all of that and twitter and instagram are two different platforms so what you post on instagram will be different from what you post on twitter or what you put in your newsletter which might be more formal so i it's as i said it's it's very upsetting when people just assume that because you are a certain age you should know how to do social media or social media is easy but it like it, it takes a lot of work so yeah just People should put more respect on on yeah. the name of like social media managers, but yeah. I <laughs> yeah.
0: oh, yeah, could not agree more. I think it's difficult because that issue is so compounded in the kind of non profit sector because there is such kind mm. of capacity and resource issues within charities and and uh, NGOs that I think it's difficult because it yeah. becomes even more tempting as you know, a C-suite executive in a a nonprofit to just give that to the intern because there really isn't that much more of an option and there might not be the funds to then hire a full-time social media manager. You know, I rarely see social media managers as a standalone role when I look at other charities. So yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there. Um, So maybe then as a kind of a closing thought, to those people listening who perhaps don't fall into the category of a young person um how can they contribute to creating safer and maybe more appreciative spaces for the young people they work with
1: Mm, oh that's a really good question i think first off is just respecting youth and young people and recognizing that they are not children they have their own individual ideas that could change the world could change even your company could change your mindset and you know, I, I've i grown up in an African home, but it's not the the common African home you'd, you'd see, because my mom is a single parent, and she's a writer, she's a creator, so she's, since I was younger, she's always been open to having conversations with me, like, we argue, not like, like, serious arguments, but we argue, we discuss, <laughs> and I know I'm lucky because many of my friends don't have the same experience, um predominantly in in african households if you speak back to an elder it's disrespectful or if you correct an el- oh, if you correct an elder <laughs> that's disrespectful yeah. so there's always whenever a young person speaks up or says okay that doesn't sound right or gives an opinion that's different or differs from what an older person gives it, the question of respect always comes up so First off, especially for African elders and older people in Africa specifically, please respect young people, respect their opinions, respect their thoughts. Um, there's, a, there's a quote that's, um, I, that's, there's an African quote, I don't know if it's Nigerian, but I think it says that the thing that a young person sees at the top of a tree is not the thing that an elder sees on the ground or something like that. I don't think I'm getting it right. But it's basically saying that like an elder has more knowledge than a young person and that might be true in certain aspects Mm -hmm. when it comes to life or certain things, but that doesn't rule out that a young person's opinions matter and Mm -hmm. a young person's thoughts might be better than yours or might be more impactful than yours or it doesn't rule out the fact that a young person deserves a seat at the table as well. So Mm -hmm. I think number one thing would definitely be respect. And the second thing I think is a lot of organizations I see who which shall not be named <laughs> usually um tout the the youth thing just for like um just to cover up like they only do it just to blend in, but they don't they would say that they want youth involved in their work, but when it comes down to it, you don't really listen to what they have to say or what they bring to the table. So I think another thing is being intentional about actually including youth in decision-making processes, in the work that organisations, small, large, wherever, or whatever other, do. And yeah, those are the two major
0: things that I would say are really important. Mm -hmm. That's so well said. And I think that that's so important to consider you know, creating a culture mm-hmm. where constructive dialogue is the norm, no matter what your kind of generational yeah. differences are, your, your demographic background, whatever it is, I think that's incredibly important. And on top of that, for those spaces to actually be meaningful, like you said, not to do it, you know, to tokenize the youth voice in your organisation, but yeah. to treat them as, as equals, one and the same. And I think... Yeah. It's twenty twenty three. We should be there by now. Right. <laughs> you would hope. Um Zuli, thank you so much for talking to me about your work today. Um yeah, it's been a brilliant conversation and yeah, I'm sure it's going to inspire everybody. Um, so I wrap up every episode of Comments for Good with three quick fire questions. Are you up for it? Yeah, I'm ready. Wait. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> Everyone always says that with a slight nervous tone in their voice. <laughs> okay, great. Um, number one, what is your favorite social media platform?
1: Oh. Oh, does it have to be one? Because I think that I'm going between three right now. Oh my
0: gosh. Um. <laughs>
1: Will it be a cliche for me to say LinkedIn because we met on LinkedIn?
0: <laughs> Literally every single person, I think, has said LinkedIn.
1: <laughs> okay, let me, no, let me, let me be different, let me be no? different. Okay, um, okay. TikTok, I think. Is oh, I
0: love yeah. that. Talking the young people's language now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been using
1: TikTok a lot, an unhealthy amount. <laughs>
0: You and me both. <laughs> okay, number two, who is one person that inspires you?
1: Oh, you know, I've had these three questions before because I've listened to all the other episodes of your podcast. <laughs> and in my head I was like, okay, what would I say to this question? And now like I'm blanking. Um
0: Mine's gone blank.
1: <laughs> I would I would say my mom. I mean mm. I think growing up in a very patriarchal society like Nigeria as a single parent it's not easy Mm. um Mm. but she's she's never made me feel like i'm a burden nobody should ever feel like they're a burden of course but Mm. um she's always um um raised me in a healthy environment and Mm. the way she's persevered and achieved so much with so little is, Mm. is is what is one of the most inspiring things when that like as we spoke about earlier when that imposter syndrome voice comes in and tells me that i'm not good enough like my mom's voice is coming in like hush like you you've done more than enough and Uh, you're like made for great things so yeah i'd definitely say my mom shout out to my mom she's probably listening right now oh
0: well thank you for listening zulu's mom (laughs) um okay final question then what is one social impact organization that we should be paying more attention to? Oh gosh, I have a long list. I don't know if I can say just one. I mean, <laughs> I've in the past few
1: days I've spoken to so many amazing young people, and there's her dream Im- initiative. She's going to be like the first person. The her interview is going to be the first episode on season two of the Careeria podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's um Joshua Oluche. Um, he's an amazing um climate activist he's a climate activist i spoke about earlier um, <laughs> there is titilope adedokun my girl <laughs> my friend her organization is called sisterly hq and they focused on amplifying the voices mm-hmm. of nigerian women there is oh gosh there's so many there is um Yizmun, there is um
0: i'm trying to remember like all the people that we've interviewed in recent times it's like an award show you're trying to like thank everybody (laughs) that's so funny Um, oh gosh well like
1: there's a long list just check out like the career podcast i guess shameless plug and you'll be able to listen to their interviews
0: (laughs) amazing thank you so much Zili. do you want to shout out your socials and let everyone know how they can find out more about kairi
1: oh yes of course well you could follow me on linkedin chizulu um instagram i to be honest i've never posted anything on instagram but you could follow me i guess zulu (laughs) dots Uwalo. um that's on instagram and on twitter i believe and then yes please check out kureria um You could check out our website, www.curaria.com. You could check out our podcast, the Curaria Podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You could follow us on Instagram, ma.curaria, and I think any other social media. Yeah. And then on LinkedIn, we have a page, Curaria, as well. But
0: yeah. Brilliant. (laughs) Thank you so, so much. Thank you to everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you, Kenza.
1: You're amazing. Please give this episode five stars. (laughs) <laughs> Even if it's not this episode, this podcast, leave an amazing review because Kenza is amazing. Oh, oh
0: <laughs> thanks, you. What a great night to end on <laughs> Comms for Good is a member of the Channels Network, an online community for social impact communications professionals. You can find them on LinkedIn and Substack.